Welcome back to The Risk Report with Roman the Stoic. Today we have a very special guest. His name is Sam Luna, also known as S. Luna, recording artist and a great friend of mine. Damn, that's the only monikers you got on me, bro. I mean, what else? <laughs> how, how else could you describe yourself? Also known as crazy, also known as quasi, also known as crazy, also known as primo, also known as uh, subs Luna, also known as Noro, also known as bro. Also known as that dude. Also Damn. known as the world's most that, hated. That, that, boy, <laughs> that boy got way too many fucking emails, you could tell. How yeah. do you keep track of all your emails and shit? Man, dude, I just got way too much work. And I don't know how I keep over my life. But regardless, I just kind of make it happen. The only thing I ever have in mind is just survival. Make it to the end of the day. And quite frankly, that's how I've been living my life for years now, bro. Like The only mentality I have is wake up, survive, go to sleep. That's it. <clears throat> nice and so you think i mean how did how do all these names kind of come about you know uh i don't know dude because you were a part of a lot of that shit too bro like when we were just recording out out of boca out of influence studio like we would always just be brainstorming every single night we were always recording different alter egos different stories ways that i could tell a real story through a fake persona and all kinds of shit like that um and i had a good run bro i mean yeah I about, you definitely had more of that uh yeah diving into characters through your music and, and sound wise and shit too, you know, like for the, for the viewers that are listening and, and haven't heard of you yet or anything like that. Like, um, since this is your first time on the podcast and it's been a while since we did the, since I was doing the pregame podcast Fuck, with the studio. That was before I even had a couple of years ago. Yeah. A couple of years ago. That was ago. before I even did crazy, bro. Yeah. Pre crazy. That was pre crazy. Um, pre crazy, pre COVID. Um, yeah, you know, you, your sound and everything, it, I could see where, where all the different, like you said, monoc- monocles, right? monikers? Monikers. Monikers. I could see how all that comes into play. But um, what about, you know, what could you tell us about maybe your your youth or how, how this kind of mentality, you know, towards being an artist, being a musician, a creator – did that start at an early age for you? Um, yeah, you know, man. maybe give us a little brief history, give the viewers a brief history of, you know, kind of how you, how you've come so far to, to where you're at now, right? Because the the road of an artist, right, is just ups, downs, sideways, twists and turns, and that's why I want to have a lot of artists on the podcast too, because everyone's got you know, quite a quite a journey through making art, you know? So maybe give us a little brief history of yourself. That's deep. Um, damn, dude, all my life, bro, I've always done the arts and crafts world. Always done the musical theater, all that shit. I mean, I was always a kid that really didn't give two fucks about sports. I didn't give two fucks about other people. It's just no one really related with me. I was just kind of too weird. I was just too into video games and anime and shit. So what I ended up doing was I was always painting growing up. I was doing comic books growing up. Um, I would make my own movies with my neighbors who were my friends at the time. Um, 
used to direct films on VHS recording tapes, you know what I mean? Like old style shit. And um, yeah, man, it wasn't until I moved to Florida where I was able to go to a school that was well-funded in the arts and I was able to take drama because um, I, I, they didn't even offer that back when I used to live in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, it was just, you know, kind of like a low budget school, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have a football team to even begin with. So that's kind of like the atmosphere I was coming from. And when I moved to Florida, I became more fortunate enough to understand that these things are, you know, you know, first of all, they're earned, obviously. But when you're given an opportunity, you just run with it and do the best performance you can. So I got into musical theater through middle school, high school, that shit. And um, by the time I got to college, I always wanted to embark in a music career. I just didn't know the right people. I didn't know where I could record the music, get these songs I had in my head out, get these poems I had written um, out to the world somehow. And it wasn't really until like shit really went bad in my college career where I was just like, well, fuck. I got nothing to lose. Might as well just start making some music. And I linked up with Lorenzo, um, met up at Influence Studio, and pretty much just took off with that. My first project was Resurgence. And the whole idea was that uh, no matter how bad your life gets, um, you always have an opportunity to become a better version of yourself every time. You just crash and burn and you just come up like a phoenix. So Resurgence was that. I was coming out of you know uh, a case, a few cases I had then. And once I got out of it, you know, I was on probation making these musics and I was deciding to uh, get other people on board. My friends ended up becoming producers and rappers. Um, and I decided to be a rapper. I got my first show literally right after I dropped my, my tape and was able to give that shit to philanthropy. It was cool, man. Like I had a really interesting start and it was kind of weird. It was quirky. Nobody really understood it because it didn't sound like anybody. But then the industry kind of took took off and it had a lot of similarities to what I was doing. So my music kind of made more sense over the years because it just kind of merged more with the frequencies that were being heard or being heard now today. Um, you know, like how many projects, I have a bunch of mixtapes. So the last one was Break Free. Um, so that one was pretty cool, really controversial for the wrong reasons, not because of what I was trying to say, but what people thought I was trying to say. And that tended to be like the biggest issue of a lot of things that kind of went wrong during the pandemic was that was people were reinterpret. Yeah, they were interpreting things the wrong way. It doesn't matter how many times well, I try to tell them what right. I'm saying. They just don't want to hear it. So it's like, all right, well, fuck it. So what I ended up doing was just killing my alter ego, which was my plan from the beginning was, you know, once I introduced the world to Quazy, I was going to kill Quazy. So right now, if you were going to look up S Luna music, it's nowhere to be found. It's dead. It's suicide. It's gone. It's burnt. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't exist anymore. That's an interesting, um, you know, interesting result. So, how, you know, how does that like kind of happen? How did you go from, you know, why, why did you just erase your music? Is it because you want people to look for it and not be able to and then eventually you're going to feed them that again or you know that's a that's an interesting concept because i have a ton of music i've thought about taking it out but at the same time it's like uh you know like the older projects and stuff stuff that's not doesn't sound like me or you know it just isn't me anymore i've thought about taking that out but also look at it as like yeah, you know, this is this is my art. This is what I've made over over the years. And if something could happen to me at any point, which it could, right? Uh, any of us, 
I'd, I'd like people to be able to fucking find it, you know? So that's a pretty interesting, like, you know, concept that you just went and fucking well, killed off that alter ego, which has, for the most part, most of your music is made under that. Well, not Quasi, right? So you're saying Quasi, but S. Luna, you're saying you took all S. Luna out, right? Yeah, I mean, Quasi was kind of me in a way. You know what I mean? There's similarities. <laughs> so so what are we going to promote at the end of this podcast? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I'm just saying Luna, dog. What's up? I'm a creative all right. man. There we go. You know what I mean? I'm a human person. I'm a real person. You know right. what I'm saying? At the end of the day, that's my message. You feel okay. me? Music's music. And at the end of the day, it was a cathartic experience. So for me, I kind of left a message like, you know, if you saw it, if you heard it, if you enjoyed mm-hmm. it, thank you for being a part of it. But it was always dark, mm-hmm. and then had to have a dark ending. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, I mean, I think well, like beautiful. you said, you know, with the with the whole, uh, you can either burn with it, or you can rise from the ashes. You know, so you know, maybe you'll put. I think you'll put out music. You know, I think innately it's inside of you. If you, you know, if from a young age you did something as ballsy as musical theater. Like to me, I was always. You know, not that I, I don't know, not that I wasn't interested in that type of stuff. I never did it, but I also had this like thing I had like musical theater, or, you know, be like gay kids only do that or some shit, right? That would be my my preteen, you know, dumb mind would be thinking like that. And in in retrospect, it could have held me back because you know the things you learn doing something like musical theater could lead you to acting could you lead you to doing all sorts of crazy shit you know and and developing uh, a singing voice on top of that that's kind of funny because that is actually a stereotype i was always called gay for doing musical theater yeah but yo at the end of the day when i did my show bro football team everybody came out people that was just two gangsters to go see a musical theater act they went to see me yeah now so, you know that, now that's i look at it as a more open-minded thing right, right. right? especially that's just always been my demographic i just i just touch real people bro you know what I mean? Like, like the people I touch in the soul and the heart is like, it's always real people. Um, people who look past the stereotype and they see for what it is rather than what's going on or what people may say about it. And that's the only people I talk to. That's the only people I care about. That's the only people I speak for. I speak for people who want to have that open mind and look past the plain grain of shit. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to see me hang around some people just like, Oh, so how's life? Oh, things are fun. Hell yeah. All right, let's get some drinks. Okay. Oh, let's go over here. Oh, yeah. Let's throw a volleyball around. Life is great. Like, that to me is stupid. There's more shit to be talked about. There's more shit to, you know, sit down and conceptualize and, and really build off of. Because quite frankly, bro, like, we're on this earth to put in work. Even if you're not working for a job, you're here to put in work. You put in work for the mind, for the culture, for the people around you. Because at the end of the day, it's just too boring. Everything is so routine. We already know what we got to do. We got to pay our bills. We got to follow the law. We got to pay our taxes and uh, register your driver's license and this and that. These are all basic necessities that we all have to do in society just Mm -hmm. to play a role in it and just to live in it. Just for you to even have an apartment underneath another human being, underneath another human being, right next to another human being. Like we're all just playing basic roles. So I feel like if you're going to come talk to me like a basic motherfucker, you best believe I ain't going to be there for too long. You know what I mean? Because I'm really here to like, yo, what else can we talk about? You know what I'm saying? Um, Because I truly believe that, you know, if you're given, uh, if you're given the option to be very opinionated, fuck it, be opinionated, bro. You can make change with anything. You know what I'm saying? You could spark the right mind with just the right words or the right conversation. You know, and that's what I love about podcasts is that, you know, not, not everybody's good. That's a fact. A lot of people aren't good at that. But for the record, the whole purpose of it is to have 
conversations that people don't usually have. That's the right. reason why people even listen to you in the first place, because they're not having these conversations with their coworkers. They're not having this conversation with their wives or their husbands. They're not having this conversation with their mom and dad. Mm -hmm. They're having it by listening to what we're going to say. Yeah, that's interesting. It seems like, um, yeah, it seems like people have lost, not, you know, not so much. It's, I got to say, it's hard for me because I've always been the guy that that's what I like to talk about. Right. That's, you know, that's why you and I have vibed for so long is, uh, We've had some crazy conversations over the years, um, but just, you know, uh, beneficial conversations that, that expand the mind, you know, expand our way of thought, our way of thinking of things, uh, what we want to do creatively, you know, uh, things that, you know, push us and drive us forward to do better things while we're here, you know, and, you know, I, I find myself in a in a weird spot where it's like, especially when, when I was going out more, right? When you go out with friends more and shit and the frequencies just aren't there. My frequency was just not there. You know, now it's like, I don't like to go out that much, you know, because of the, because of those conversations that I hear, I'm just not, you know, I'm not going to be the downer out there because I'm, I'm too real or speaking about, you know, talking about whatever I want to talk about <clears throat> or things that are more interesting, you know, conceptually and stuff than just like you said, uh, something mundane, a mundane conversation. So, you know, I find, but that's what it is. And, and us, us as creative people too, we also kind of got to be a little more open to it. It's okay sometimes to have those mundane conversations. It's okay to, you know, go out to the bar and, and whatever, and just have a night that's just not as, uh, you know, it's, it's okay to give the mind a break sometimes. You know what I mean? And give give the self a break and the ego a break, but um, especially for artists, I could see how that's a something that we struggle with more when we're dealing with, you know, hey, other people. And and yeah, I mean, I do understand that. Not to go too far because you actually made some good points. Like stuff like, damn, going out nowadays is different. You feel me? Because the pandemic just changed everything. Because this is how things work, right? People go move along with trends. They have uh, certain conversations that everybody fucks with. Hmm. And then everybody's cool with each other. So when you're outside, it's like everybody's on the same frequency. Everybody's on the same vibe. But since we've all been locked in, it's kind of like it's, it's disproportionate. It's disproportionate because now everybody's used to whatever they're talking about in their households. Yeah. So by the time they all go out, it's going to be interesting. And it's already happening. I mean, in Florida, we don't even have no guidelines no more. And thank God because there was yeah. no reason for it, in my opinion. But I have my reasons to have those opinions. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I could see that. But the people that go out, they're out there, dude. Oh, yeah. They're still out there, oh, you know. Yeah. So <clears throat> I was out there all the time, dude. It is COVID it didn't is. stop me, and I yeah. never got COVID. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's interesting, man. So you know, let's just kind of backtrack a little bit back to S Luna. You, you killed S Luna, but what was the real start of S Luna? You said it was meeting with Lorenzo and you kind of got some traction. I didn't, I, I really didn't realize that was your first project. Um, so where did that S Luna kind of start about? It was just like, yo, let's just talk about shit I'm going through right now and have fun with it. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, fuck my, what was it? <sighs> Resurge was the intro track. That was the first one I wrote. Uh, Cause I wasn't freestyling during that time period. I was writing shit down. I was typing it actually. And, um, I went to this kid, uh, his name was Kill Propaganda. 
That was his producer name, and he was a DJ. He was uh, into dubstep. And he's also Venezuelan, just like me. He was uh, one of the friends I met back in church. And I, I hit him up. I'm like, hey, bro, like, I'm going to make some music. And I heard you're making music. So he ended up opening up, I believe it was FL Studio or Logic. And um, we ended up making a track. And that was the track that he produced for me. And I ended up freestyling, not freestyling, um, rapping that shit in his uh, closet. And um, it didn't sound right. So I ended up taking that track to Lorenzo. I'm like, Lorenzo, can I give this another try, bro? And he had the whole thing set up in his closet and shit like that. And keep in mind, I met Lorenzo my sophomore year in college. And I met him trying to make a track in his uh, dorm where the fucking closet didn't even have a door. It was just an open space with a slit and a bar so you can hang up your clothes. And um, that's how we connected because it was like, damn, bro, like right when I met you, I was in the process of joining a fraternity. So I stopped talking to you. But now that it's been, you know whatever it was like two years or some shit i was like bro let's actually make this track and i got this fucking uh beat and everything so let's do that and from there i did that sylvester was one of my frat brothers and he started producing during the what time fraternity that was it? this is uh lambdas um it was, that, was a, FAU? that was fau it was the first latin fraternity in america um so i keep pride on that too even though i might have my in and outs and ways of looking at shit but um yeah, dude, I was part of the Latin fraternity, representing Latinos on college campus. Yeah, that's always been my thing. And that's interesting too that you you know you met Zoe at such a young age. <coughs> um, I met young? him nineteen years old. Yeah, yeah, I mean old. that's young, you know. He was probably what the same age. You guys are the same age. Yeah, or I was actually eighteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah so really okay. right at the start. And, and you know, for those I don't know the you know. Sam, I'm getting I'm getting viewers from all over. Like I could show you, we got viewers from fucking different countries, bro, all over the place. So shout out to everybody who's tuning in and to those that really stick around and listen. Um, and I don't know the the, the demographic is around the twenties and in that range. So <clears throat> you know, to those going through college, you know, you're gonna go through a lot of different shit, man. That you're gonna try different stuff. You're gonna be pulled in so many different directions, and and that's part of it. You're you're finding out who you are. You're finding out, you know, what you're supposed to be doing. He was joining a, you know, Sam was joining a frat while at the same time, um, you know, music was pulling him in. I've always said this as a thing, uh, at least with me and music, is something that has always pulled me back in. No matter how many fucking times I tried not to do it, it just seems to always fucking pull me back in. Was music making music? Um, so similar to you, you know, like you said, we're we're starting to get the left, the the half sleeve on the left side. We're starting to get like yeah. you know, kind of a similar, Which is really the right, the the way we think or whatever. Um, I joined a fraternity as well, my my freshman year of college, and I joined Sig uh, Sig Ep, Sigma Phi Epsilon. And I joined because, you know, in high school, I was a lifeguard and my manager, his name was Martin Brown. Shout out Martin Brown. <clears throat> you know, he just gra he just graduated from college. He came back. He was a manager at uh, at the place where I was, you know, a lifeguard. Mm -hmm. And so he was my manager. So we would just start burning it down <laughs> after <laughs> after work, before work or during work. You know, it didn't matter. Yeah. Like we were, we were homies. And uh, he would always just tell me the Sig Ep stories. He was a Sig Ep in, in Fort Myers. What is that place? FGCU. FGCU, yeah. And so oh, he was no. a Sig Ep over there, and he told me all these crazy stories. He said, dude, if you're going to join a frat, 
that's the fucking frat. And so I came, you know, I came to college freshman year. That's what I did. I looked at all the other tables and said, this is, I just like went right to SIG apps and I was like, yeah, I'm going to try SIG app. And the reason they accepted me, you know, uh, cause you got to do all this, you go hang out with them for a week. Basically each day they got something different it's like, you guys are meeting and talking and just, you know, they're, they're figuring out what kind of a guy you are. And dude, the only reason I got accepted was because I could fucking freestyle, you know? Yeah. It was because I could rap, you know, they're like, this kid's fucking tight. He can rap his ass off. Right. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> the recruiting tables are fun as well. Dude. Yeah. So yeah. The, so how they recruited me was, you know, they, they called us one night, me and this other guy. And they're like, um, they're like, be downstairs at the GDP building or whatever the fuck it's called. And right. you know, the dorm room. And so we went down there, they pulled up in this car all fast and shit. And they're like, get in. And so they, we got in, they put us uh, like with blindfolds on and shit. And they're driving around God knows where. And they're like, uh, and they're like blasting the fucking heat and, and playing like, you know, RIP DMX, you know, playing like crazy hard music, DMX and shit, I remember. Mm. And they're just blasting that. And they're like, you guys want to be a cigarette? You want to be a cigarette? And just saying all this shit. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm thinking, this is fucking ridiculous. Is this really what they're doing, right? Like that whole uh, Blue Mountain State bullshit, right? You remember that show? And um, and so, and they were like, all right, you know, we want you guys in here, but only, only one of you is going to make it. And the only one of you that's going to make it is whoever could freestyle the best. <coughs> and it was me and this other kid, Jordan, who made music briefly. Um, he's a barber now. Um, I forget where he moved out to. You know, you get so many college friends. They all go everywhere. Yeah, everybody. So it was between me and him. He freestyled first. And it was, you know, subpar maybe. I think he was a little nervous because of everything going on. He was sweating and shit. And I just, as soon as they said... You guys are going to have to freestyle, right? I just fucking had a giant grin on my face, right? It was me with the blindfolds, and I'm just like smiling like, oh, I'm going to crush this. And I fucking freestyled my ass off, and they literally were all quiet after, and they go, damn. They broke character. They're like, damn, that was pretty good, right? They like completely <laughs> broke character. They're trying to be all tough, like I'm your yeah, master. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And they're like, wow, it. this kid is way cooler than I am. <laughs> so so that was how i got into the um fraternity but you That's know cool. long story i'm sorry about all that but i just figured i'd tell a little story for the viewers and everything and for you no i think that um, shit is real you know you get pulled in different directions so those guys you know guys and, and women in college in those formative years right now just dabble you know dabble in the things you love to do and and you know with a little bit of hard work, dedication, and absolute passion for what you do, you never know what it's what it's going to lead you to. You know what I mean? Like, um, Sam, you've known me for, for a couple years now. And, I mean, look at all these different changes that I've had and, and things true. that have happened. And um, That's very true. I've seen you move through a lot of different apartments. That's right. for sure. And now uh, look at, you know, you know not – not to say that this is anything crazy, right? It's no, just a fucking spare room, right? But it's uh, it's more so. It's not the room itself. It's more so what what's coming out of here. That's that's what's exciting to me. And and uh, you know, it's interesting what you were talking about earlier, where you're at, I guess mentally, um, with music and everything. Is I, I'm I feel similar. Where it's like now I'm finding a new outlet. This outlet is the podcast, right? A new creative outlet. Um, that's mm -hmm. kind of overtaken, 
mm-hmm. you know, what I want to do. And I still do my art. I still do the skating. I still do the, you know, I've been making beats and writing songs. But we'll see, you know, it's a, it's, it's interesting how things are changing and, and what I want to do and where this has all led me to, you know. It just made you more of a humble person, if anything, because that's what yeah. hard work makes you, bro. At some point, you grow the fuck up and you're like, damn, dog. Like, yeah, I went through all this shit and now I'm mature as fuck. I learned from my mistakes. Yeah, but even I'm, I'm you know even not that mature yet right like there's still moments where it's like i feel like there's things i got to work on and, and grow up a little in certain places but yeah for the most part i try to be as, as mature as as possible you know with like you said you know we we're in this in this thing called life where we are constantly having to pay bills <laughs> constantly having to work you know to just have a place to live and survive and this and that and um you know, when can we break free from those shackles and those norms? And as artists, struggling artists, um, local local artists, you know, yeah. people that make a living off of what they do just at the bare minimum, um, you know, that shit can get tough after a while. It's true, man. And I mean, as a local artist as well, dude, like I can tell you stories of how rigged the whole system is. You feel me? Like it's not it's not just simple like, hey, make that one song. It could get really deep to the point where you're just like, damn, people are dying out here. And it ain't no coincidence. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's something that's just lost over time. Yeah. is, Is that, you know, my early work was downright political. Right. Oh, and that's the cool shit about that, right? And I think that's always in the pridefulness of being Latino or Hispanic, whatever. Our heritage is again, always though, but know? yeah, I get that. And and you will. Because in, in our heritage is always about the pridefulness of speaking out against the government, speaking about our fucking truth and being a conquistador and, and really just owning your shit, which is why machismo, if anything, I don't want to have that conversation, but if anything, that's always a stereotype. That us latino men have because of the fact that we're very about ownership very about um our what we have worked on our art this is us this is who we are this is who i am and this, i'm not changing this for nobody that's what we have in our blood mm-hmm. you know and, and that's something that is super fragile because at the end of the day as artists dude the second that's taken away from us it kind of breaks us i mean i could say that for myself when my own art is used for things that I never asked for, bro, that breaks me. That breaks my heart. That brings my spirit. Because I'm like, what the fuck was that for? I already told you what I was talking about. What the fuck was that? You Like, why? Why use that against me? So mm-hmm. what's an example of this happening uh, where, I got, your, where I got, your stuff is used when you don't want it to be I mean, used. here, bro, as an artist, listen, your words will always be used against you regardless. But it's our First Amendment right to speak about anything and rap about anything, quite frankly. But... um. When I went through crazy, the whole vibe of crazy was interesting because really what I was trying to say was I used to be crazy. And the idea kind of took off in the wrong direction for quite some time, I would say for a few years, uh, where people were pretty much doing things and all they did was just blame their actions on me or blame their actions on my folks. And quite frankly, that was not the idea. That was never the idea. Um, And if anything, all it did was expose the ridiculousness of people's, um, I guess you can say their guilt, their regrets, their complacency of, listen, if you make a mistake, that's on you, dude. Nobody told you to shoot a gun. Nobody told you to kill this person. Nobody told you to go fuck that person. You made those actions yourself. There's no ownership. 
There's no accountability. And these are the type of conversations that people are just too scared to have because people hate to face the fact that they have to look at themselves in the mirror every day, which is another concept that I've always brought up through my music because me, myself, hate to look at myself in the mirror. Maybe not anymore. I'm cool now. But I've had I had situations in my life where just looking in a mirror broke me down more than just staying here in my bed or in my couch and just ignoring the fuck out of my reflection. Well, here's the thing, man. You know, before anybody can change the world, you need to start with yourself. Indeed. So, you know, <clears throat> maybe just people taking ownership in their own stuff <clears throat> will enable them to look themselves in the mirror, so to say, you know, and, 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 uh, here's the thing with like what I say in the podcast and stuff. It's like, I, not everything I say, I know that sometimes I'm just talking out of my ass. I got to look at myself and be like, that's just me talking out of my ass. You know what I mean? Um, so it's like, as humans, I feel like the long, as long as we live, we're just always going to be trying to better ourselves, you know? And, um, you know, I would say with, with your case, maybe just start looking at things even just a little more <clears throat> calmly, a little more positively, as cheesy as that sounds. But it's like, it's you know, it's okay to kind of look at things in a more positive light and just see the both. You know, I struggle with that too, where I see a lot of the negatives in things. And, and, and I've brought this up in many podcasts um, that I definitely struggle. It could be, again, that Latin machismo, right? It could be that that passion that flows through the Latin blood, <clears throat> where you look at things like that a little more as to what repercussions could happen, you know, in certain mm -hmm. situations and yeah. everything. Right. Yeah. Um, I where, where I do feel like a lot of white people don't, they, they lack that for some reason. It's just like, dude, I remember moving from Puerto Rico to here and being mind blown that all these white people didn't lock their doors. Yeah. Going to a white person's home. They never locked the door behind them. <laughs> dude, you could just walk into a fucking white person's home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like damn, dude. That's you a know, lot. Of lot trust. That's a lot of trust. That's a lot of trust, right? That we don't have that trust because like, we're we're used to warfare. Yeah. yeah, dude. I just think that you know us chicos are just used to warfare. We're we're used to you know an environment where everything's made out of concrete. It's not a nice little house. It's just all dirty in the streets. It's all like you know. Anytime there that? could be some crazy shit. Why is that? That all house. Latin people build their homes out of concrete. I mean, because you can't knock down concrete, stupid. <laughs> at no, least that's you, know, look at you it. know what I mean? Like, you know, it is ironic they, how they that's do the all build just out of out of concrete. You go to every. Freaking that's why country. they're always so fucking hot, dude. And that's why you get used to it. You get that's used why they're and they never have AC. And that's they why have when you the, go to Miami, they have the AC uh, window unit. Yeah, yeah, and that's why and in it's Miami it's the same concrete. thing. Yeah, that's you why you go I do. to the hotels and You're stuff right. like, damn, why is it so hot? It's because everybody's used to it. You know what I mean? It's just part of the culture. Not the culture, but it's part of the uh, the environment where you're coming from, bro. You know, you're right next to the beach. It's it's normal, dude. You know? Everywhere else is like, well, this is a nice little forest in the middle of nowhere, and we got our our house made out of wood. God, I would love porch. that. I'd love to live in a forest or something. You think so? You think I, think it'd be be, different? I think it'd be quaint, dude. I, I think, think I'd that, be bored. I could see that, but I think it would be a lot of... 
I don't know. A lot of coming to terms with probably what you got inside and then just letting that go to actually enjoy what else is going on. Because, you know, like you walked out here and I was like talking about, we got a nice little creek right there. And the first thing you said was, all I see is that fucking infrastructure right there, right? <laughs> so imagine a place where it's like no infrastructure and like that's a place that you got, you know, for the weekends, for the vacation. You just go out, you can record an <laughs> album in your fucking cabin in the woods. Ooh, for an album out there. Dude, and you it. just go out there and you fucking, you know, you just embrace nature. You just live, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I'm missing out on. That's something I'm trying to capture now again with – um I think now that I'm teaching art, right? Like, isn't it fucking crazy I'm an art teacher, bro? Like, it's fucking crazy that I'm an art teacher, I think. And um, now that I'm teaching art, I'm I'm coming back to more traditional ways. But tell the viewers on on a real aspect who you're teaching, though. I'm teaching the the next generation. That's some beautiful women. That's what. No, no, no. I'm teaching kids, dude. I'm teaching kids. I know, I know. But when you first started that, that was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. The wine and paint. Right. Girls would come over. Like, oh my god, that shit. So you know. Young artists, yeah. Like I, I had a podcast for the artists. Maybe I'll revamp it. Um, but young artists, what you got to do to make money is do a lot of commission stuff. Do wine and paint nights. For me, it was always the wine and paint nights, and that's what Sam's talking about. Is I would do wine and paint nights, and it was always with a bunch of girls. And um, you know, your boy got paid, your boy got laid. All right. So, <laughs> but so yeah. Anyways, I'm teaching, and so now now that I'm teaching, I'm going back to more of traditional ways of art that I studied in college, which was a lot of still lifes, you know, a lot of painting what you see, drawing what you see. And, uh, that's something that I kind of want to start doing again, just for the fact of not only getting better with my art and this and that, um, but just for the fact of trying to live more in the present. So for example, if I, I have this nice lake in the back, I didn't show you this other side. This other side's a beautiful lake. It's a lot like you don't see any fucking buildings, really, just the other apartments down there, like far. Sure. But it's a nice, nice lake. If I went out there fucking Vincent Van Gogh style or Gauguin style, you know, and just fucking go out there with a little fucking easel and a canvas and my paintbrushes and paint and just fucking start painting out there, you know, I feel like being out there for an hour, two hours, three hours painting something, I'll I'll eventually just be in the present, right? And when you're doing art, when you when you're, you know, specifically drawing or painting what you're seeing, you know, you're really just tuning everything out and you're just trying to just trying to paint what you see, you know, fucking it's a it's a very in the moment type thing. And so that's something that I'm trying to get back in touch with just for the pure fact of having more of those moments where I'm just living, Mm. you know, my mind is constantly going a billion miles an hour, bro. All these fucking ideas I have. And, um, I just want to live sometimes. Reminiscent. I like that. Yeah. I definitely want to get back into painting as well. Uh, I just got to get my life back. I got to get my, got to get myself in my own apartment, all that stuff. Um, just, just for the viewers to know, he didn't lie about, what uh what I just went through, um but spent some time in rehab and shit like that, and I'm out now, but uh it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to just get my shit back and shit. So it don't even matter to mm-hmm. me. I'm taking my life steady and slow. Yeah, and quite day. frankly, I want to get back into music, but there's no reason for that right now. I think I left a very powerful message to America. So um 
Yeah, man. Is that something you maybe want to talk about your experiences uh, oh, yeah. with this rehab and yo shit? That maybe shit how weird. that came about just that to clear the weird. air because you know I'm gonna post this on the on the on the gram and I'm sure there will be people checking it out. You know, yeah, wanting, wanting to tune in to figure out what the fuck happened to S Luna this past year, right? For real. I mean, listen, mental health has always been a good thing, and it's May, so right now mental health awareness is, is a positive thing. Um, and I do recommend people to go get their mental health checked whatever ways you need it whether just getting your own therapist whether it's um you know just checking yourself every day and maybe writing notes about yourself grabbing a journal um slow your role on anything that you're doing controlling your diet your diet all that plays into the role of mental health as well because you know depending on what you eat you're going to feel or act a certain way so just check yourself you know what i'm saying like it's the most basic thing. And for people who might be, you know, maybe too into the cocaine and other things, go do rehab for two weeks or something. You could do this voluntarily. It's not forced. Um, so my my experiences have been kind of weird. And that's just because I'm an artist. So I don't really have too much to speak about it. I just feel like it was just too weird. And I didn't really get the experience I was looking for. Um, but I did get the therapy that I needed in my own way. So at the end of the day, it still helped me. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the beautiful thing about these things is that you still get help regardless. It might not be the help that you're looking for, but at the end of the tunnel, you're like, oh shit, I got my shit fixed. I fixed myself. Even if you just fix yourself, we still had a little bit of help on the way. So I do recommend people that, you know, sometimes just check themselves. And, and like I said from the very beginning, bro, just look at your reflection, look at yourself in the mirror, ask yourself where you've been and what you've done, because people get too preoccupied with the present. And even though a lot of people always say, yo, just pay attention to the present, if you're not paying attention to your past or talk about your past, you can never pay attention to the present. You're not going to enjoy that shit. You're just going to be so focused in the moment, thinking in the future, and I got to get this and this. Yo, that shit's all common sense. Like I said from the very beginning, it's all routine. Life is just one big routine mm-hmm. that you get comfortable with. So if you're going to live one life, bro, fucking reminisce on it. Reflect on it. That's how you get better. If not, you're the same person. Or maybe you change and you don't even realize you change. Yeah. And that's the kind of conversations that I like to speak with people because it's inspiring to other people. Yeah. When you tell people, you know, these are the things I've done. These are the things I've been. You know, Good things, bad things, weird things, awkward things, uh, personal things, uh, shocking things, dramatic things. You know, sometimes you might even be right about your own memories. And that's the mm-hmm. weirdest part about a lot of things is that some people out there with corrupted minds and they never got that shit checked. So so for you, was it like, um, was it something that happened in the past or, or things that maybe had happened in the past for you personally? That, I mean, I already And that's what that. led to, you know, perhaps addictions or whatever mental health yeah for me it was more like i had a lot of trauma of not fitting in uh being hispanic latino i grew up uh, around a neighborhood that just wasn't that inviting to people who spoke spanish and that's missouri which i speak of and then other things like i was already an awkward child i didn't have any siblings so i learned everything on my own my cousins were too old so they all had their own agenda and most people in my family didn't even live in uh, the United States of America. Everybody was in Venezuela. So I always grew up really awkward because I was like, well, in my culture or in my household, we're being, I'm being disciplined a certain way. And then when I go outside, everybody's disciplined differently. Thus, we're not looking at each other eye to eye because it's just 
doesn't seem like we have the same upbringing and um that shit always left me weird bro weird yeah. you know what i'm saying middle school then i moved to florida and everybody got hummers and bmws never seen this shit in my life and i'm just like weird like I, i've never met a jew in my life weird but then i started meeting other hispanics and that kind of worked out for me hmm. um yeah that's interesting man that's yeah. still traumatic though no i i, I get i get 110 where you're coming from there because when i moved from puerto rico to florida i had that same little thing where you know i did push through and i was able to fit in with the kids around but i was always looked down upon because i was the hispanic you know i was embarrassed to even speak spanish around my white friends right if i was on the phone with my mom i would speak really low in spanish because i didn't want the kids near me to fucking hear that right and so for me, it was something that I struggled internally, even though I didn't really show it to the other kids, right? To the other kids, I was just normal. I was just happy to be, you know, out and playing with friends because when growing up, I was very isolated. My parents kept me isolated in Puerto Rico, and I didn't really get to go outside and play outside like that, you know, because of, of the conditions of where we were living and everything and the age. And so when I moved to Florida, I was able to go outside. So I had these group of friends that I was going outside and skateboarding and doing this and that. So I was enamored with just being out, you know, and I could give a fuck what these kids say. But internally, I really did give a fuck. And it did it did do things to me in certain ways where, you know, yeah, it I could see that. I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, with dude. and especially with the shit that I like, right? So I wasn't the the basic white boy. The white boy, oh well, you know my my dad gave me a Ford Mustang, all equipped at sixteen <laughs> years old, you know, sixty thousand dollar car. That's my so funny. Car. That's you so funny. I mean? I was the one that's that's like a universal cars. thing. As a white as white sixteen year old middle class kid getting a, a Mustang, Mustang. Yeah, as dude, a sixteen year old. So fucking like that's stereotypical and it's funny, dude. It's so real though. It is. Dude. That's hilarious. fucking hilarious. It's hilarious, and um, and other shit like, well, yeah, I play football, and all we do is talk about football. And I was like, yo, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like listen to me, I don't care. I'm at home watching Dragon Ball Z, yeah. Tsunami, and shit. You want to talk about some goofy, geeky ass shit? Go talk to yeah. me. I mean, I did you all know? that though. It's just, it's just, here's the thing, I did. I played the football. I and I, I watched. I like, watched I the tsunami. I fucking did my skateboard, and I ended up doing music and create. I try. I just dabbled it all, man. Yeah. I really did try a lot of things, and my parents always pushed me to try a lot of things. They wanted me to, you know, they wanted me to do certain things, and I just didn't end up doing those things that they wanted me to do. But at least they gave me the push to fucking um, try everything. Because in in retrospect, I did flag football in middle school. I did soccer. I did um, football in high school, freshman football. I did uh, wrestling my freshman and sophomore year of high school. I did. I played on the fucking golf team in high school. Yeah. Um, you know, I just tried to. I just tried a bunch of different shit. You know. And um, and what stuck stuck. You know. Yeah, did I tell you a story one time, bro? When um, uh, you know how they say uh, run home. I used to play baseball, and um. <laughs> one time they said run home and I literally and this was like imagine I'm like eight years old just running around and I'm like yo go home go home I went straight to my mama's car bro <laughs> <laughs> I said mom let's go like, I didn't even run to the home base bro I just said let's yeah, go yeah baseball seemed like a like a 
dull one. But you know what, man? I, I've been thinking about that shit, though. If you could just crack a ball, man, and just fucking hit it out of the park, that must be a damn good feeling, bro. Yeah. To crack one. Dude, with so many Hispanic Bing. baseball players that just absolutely crush it, right? Half of the league's Puerto Rican. Yeah. <laughs> That's true as fuck. It's crazy. Hey, bro, but my country got some badass motherfucking baseball dude, players. Dude, dude, Hispanics just know how to play baseball. I love when the and, All-Star uh, baseball and Asians. comes by. Yep, and Asians. But well, this is us. So, yo, when the All-Star uh, baseball thing comes through Miami and shit again, dude, I'm so there, bro. It's always the top four is like U.S., Puerto Rican, like DR. Bro. <laughs> bro, obviously I do now. It's different. When you grow up and mature, yeah. it's like, oh, now I see what you guys are talking about. All these yeah, days. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's that's what that vocabulary is for. Oh, those are the players you guys are referencing yeah. to. It, like, bro, I didn't know this shit. I didn't yeah. care. I didn't, I didn't, I honestly did not give a fuck. I didn't even put in the time I to feel understand that. that shit. No, I feel that. You know, the only stuff I would probably watch would be like, all right, when I got into college, I started getting into college football. It was just because I wanted to be there drinking with people. Right, right. You know, basketball, I was always a fan of basketball and I was always a fan of like soccer because of family. But besides that, bro, I didn't sit down to try to read the stats and talk about like draft picks and shit like that. I didn't know fuck about that shit, bro. But yeah. when you learn it, it's like, oh shit, no I wonder everybody's into this shit. shit. You know what I mean? So it's all about maturing, bro. It's all about growing up, bro. You start learning different perspectives and learn new things and shit. <laughs> you know what I've been finding uh, passion in again is is uh, MMA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When I was, I, I remember watching. Uh, probably UFC on Spike TV or something when I was like 14 years old, dude. And just my mind was blown. Like, holy shit, this is the greatest shit ever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I heavily, heavily watched that shit. And like I said, I wrestled for two two years in high school primarily for the fact that I wanted to train myself to get into MMA and shit. And, um, and I fought a bunch of people and stuff in high school and middle school and – yeah, I was really into that, and I was really into UFC. I knew all the guys. And then going into college, kind of kind of just like chilled out, forgot about all that shit, right? But now I'm refinding that that passion of watching MMA fights, and kickboxing matches, and shit like that. I got the Pluto TV on here, and I'll just fucking go to Glory Kickboxing or Bellator or any of that shit. And uh, so if I was to bet on any of them, like do those game bets and all that shit, DraftKings, I would do MMA. Because that's something I'm I'm more proficient in watching. You know, I've talked about certain fights and shit on the podcast. And, but like I said, what do I know, right? What do I fucking know? I'm just talking about shit that I like to watch, you know? Yeah, man. I still don't watch that much shit, bro. I be watching YouTube shit. But nowadays, I'm just so fucking burnt from watching all that shit, bro, and being brainwashed to believe that these motherfuckers are actually the smartest people in the world. But in reality, well, they're actually some of the dumbest people I've ever Well, I'm watching life. two fucking men battle it out to the death, bro. That's some fucking gladiator ass. That's modern day gladiator shit. Dude. And there's no talk. I mean, they talk shit and this and that, right, to, to kind of bump up the views, bump up the pay-per-views and shit, get people yeah. interested in watching a fight. But at the end of the day, to do to watch something as primal as that, Sheesh, brother. I don't know. I don't know what it is about it, but like to me, it's I don't know. It could be that again, back to that Latin machismo thing. I've always had that inner fight in me. Like I've always fucking had that fight in me and to watch that. Same with my grandfather. My grandfather, all he watched was boxing. 
every time he went to his house and shit, he was just always watching boxing. And so I grew up always watching boxing with him. And, um, yeah, man, I don't know. There's something, something about that. Like, dude, I just find that crazy. Mm. These men, they, they train for months to go, go head to head and just, you know, you never know what could happen. Really, you never know what could happen. So many upsets happen left and right. People get knocked the fuck out. People get submitted. People break limbs. It's brutal. That shit is brutal, dude. But I don't know. You know, as far as sport, that's the ultimate sport right there. To just no no bullshit. No fucking, no actual sport of like a ball or anything. Just straight your hands, your legs, and your fucking will. You know, yeah, that shit is intense. And so, that, you know, if you yeah, think about it, that's good fitness out of that too, bro. Yeah, oh my goodness, those those people are as fit as they could be. They better be, <laughs> you know. But you see some of those guys, and they got out there, dude. Some guys are so out of shape in there. You see, dude, it's ridiculous. It just shows you. It doesn't matter how out of shape you are. You can it's still skill. Fight. It's skill, man. They they learn. They learn what to do. And, you know, you beat enough guys, you can fucking get paid a lot of money to fight. Very you true. Know? Um, there's this whole thing right now with the UFC that they, you know, they claim that the UFC fighters, they don't make enough money. They're not getting paid enough um, because UFC is making so much money off the pay-per-views and this and that. And the fighters are only walking out with 20, 30 K. Right. And so they think that the fighters are underpaid per fight. But, you know, if you look at it, it's, that's a lot of fucking money, man. For a fight, and you got to look at it on a, on a business point too. It's like UFC's got to pay so much shit. Not only the fighters, all the workers, all of this, all of that, all the dude, just insane amount of money, right? They probably make a ton of money on top of it, um, but these fighters are still making a ton of bread. Only the real top, even in boxing. I was looking it up. Amateur boxers, how much you think amateur boxers make per fight? I don't know. If you could take a guess. Bro, I would say maybe, what, $1,500? Zero dollars. Cool. We're in the same league, right? <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently, apparently unless you may, maybe get money. sponsors or something, apparently an amateur boxer, yeah. you only fight to develop a record. Right. Until you make it into the professional leagues. Then you get into the, you know, into the professional leagues, which there's a bunch of different leagues for boxing. Um, and then you start getting paid your probably your fifteen. Not so much because who's watching it, right? Right. Who's watching it? Right. And so it's a it's an interesting thing, man. I, something about the the combat sports though. I've I've always really been fond of. You know, that warrior shit. Two fucking warriors. Two ancient warrior spirits go going at it. That's going what I it. see it as. Yeah. You know what I mean. I feel like nowadays it's just kind of like, you know, some people have uh, a certain spirit to them. And how you channel that same spirit, that fighting spirit, you can channel it in different ways. You can channel it with your vocabulary, with your actions, with your mind, with your art, with um, how you treat others. And other people just use it for fighting, which I totally understand. And um, yeah, dude, I could definitely see that be like two gladiators and shit like that, like just going at it. I mean, at the end of the day, fuck, bro, that's been going on for centuries. That's you know, what that I mean. Since the Romans, since that's the Greek, what I mean. Some people are just meant for that role. That's what I mean. Is that this combat sports is just what humans do? 
right? I don't think so. Uh, I don't well, think I don't think that's what humans are supposed to do. I obviously when it comes to men have done for so well, long though. Well, Why do we do it? Because it's entertaining seeing someone beat you know, the shit out of someone else. It is. You know what I mean? It is, but it's also, you know, you see these guys, they go out for fucking 25 minutes at a time sometimes, full on, beat the fuck out of each other, and then they hug each other after. Yeah, because out of respect. Out of respect. So, yeah, we just fought. Out of pure respect. Walk it off. So, so there is, there's definitely something more to that than, than just, um, obviously, it's violent. Obviously, it's brutal. But I think it's also like some sort of like a strategy game at the same time, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know. It's just a, it's something that is innate to humans for some reason that we've been doing it for, for as long as we've probably been alive and on mm-hmm. this earth. But going back to like, I, I don't believe that's what, what humans are meant to do. No. Right? Well, humans are meant to I do would various say as things. Men, maybe as men, we have more of the tendencies to be fighters because when we were hunter gatherers, that's what we had to other, do. Right. That's what we had to do. It's like, yo, we got to fight this mammoth. All of us? Yeah. You know how big sure. that shit is? We got to kill For that. Sure. Put Brock Lesnar in the front, please. Right. <laughs> and that's the type of shit. And like, you know, protecting yeah. protecting the tribe, protecting right. anything from other crazy ass, yeah. fucking mental ass, yeah. uh, what are these people call For cavemen? Sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I understand that. But I don't think that us as humans are meant for that. No, we'll, we'll think about it. Humans are meant for various things. That's why we have, you know, look at us. We got so many different disciplines that we dabble in. Right. With music and art and, and this and that. <clears throat> you know, so we're obviously meant to do lots of different things. That's why we have writers, that's why we have singers, that's why we have everybody, bro. Scientists, that's the same mathematicians. That I speak of. Right. That's a that's a that's a good way to think about things. Uh, and it also gives life more of a reason, right? When it comes to this repetitiveness, this routine that you speak of, these are things that give life more of reason is when you look at things like that in that way. That, you know, humans, when you get when you get to the pinnacle of your achievements, of what you've been working towards, what you've been doing your whole life, you know, you you're reaching a new pinnacle of spirituality in a sense of your spirit of you being close to what you are what you were meant to do in this life am i correct in, in thinking that's what you're what you're well, implying what you're implying by by the spirit of yeah i mean we know, all are given things we're all given a certain role in life and the older you get you realize you have no control of that role that you're given as much as you want to fight your destiny you're just kind of like well uh people are gonna fuck me anyway so Fuck it, I gotta go in this direction. At least that's how I've been. It goes back to it goes back to what I said earlier. Uh, For some reason, music always pulled me back in. Whether I wanted to do this or that, music always pulled me back in. Right, and that's the type of thing where I always say was like, well, life sucks. If it's gonna suck, you might as well make the best out of it. And that's where you kind of realize what your real role is. You're like, all right, well, I'm given these resources after failing so many times doing this and this and this and this and this. If I'm only successful in this one path, then that's the path I'm going to use and put my spirit into it as my outlet. So I totally understand that part. But um, that's really what I was trying to refer to is that we are all destined for something greater than ourselves. And we don't find that out until we go through trials and tribulations, until we find a real success or find a real happiness, whatever way you want to consider that. You know, you're smoking a pipe, motherfucker. (laughs) Um, 
but it, it, it's tough, bro, right? So I'm in a transition right now in my life where it's like, well, I don't really know where I'm going to go. In fact, I'm not going anywhere um, unless I figure out a good team and good people to surround myself and get some kind of new inspiration to have another resurgence, sort of say, in my life. Because at the moment where I stand, I'm dead, you know, again. So I'll figure that part out. And I kind of wanted to go more in detail in uh, the retrospect of, you know, my projects that I had um, and how I kind of ended everything in such a dramatic way was kind of therapeutic. Really what I wanted to say about that was cathartic. It was a very cathartic experience seeing all my prize work, my my income, my money, all that shit burned, gone. Probably the most cathartic thing I've ever done in my life. And in fact, I was doing that previous before I even deleted my music. I actually had a bunch of canvases and paintings that didn't compare to my master paintings that I had. So what I did was destroy and smash all of them and threw them all in the garbage, gone. That's the most cathartic experience for me when it comes to how I make music and how I interpret that shit. Interesting. Well, yeah. look how different we we think about it. I have a set of a ton of paintings in my closet, and you know how I was just talking to you about. I want to start doing you know more paintings outside and this and that, more still lives. I was thinking of taking the paintings that I'm not fond of, and just painting over it, right? Starting anew, but not necessarily having to destroy it, but just you know reshaping it. So you're more about the the reshape, the remake vibe. I'm, I think I'm more of, right. Yours is, uh, yours sounds like in a sense it has a more of a chaotic nature to it, right? right? There's this big yin and yang, right? And um, for me, it's like I feel like I've been in the middle so long of these two ways of thinking that I've almost just become this gray. <laughs> so it's like, you know, maybe maybe mine's more of taking little bits of each in this and uh the negatives and the and the positives and trying to look at things a little more positive you know but but understanding when when to change something in your life when to start again when to walk away right it's about having the the mentality to be able to do both right be able to kick yourself in the ass to get yourself going and also being positive and doing it in the most positive way so that you don't give yourself a fucking heart attack or a mental breakdown right but everybody's different right everybody's different in how they handle things and how they want to handle things for you that was your therapeutic sense that was what you needed to go through and and that's what worked out for you right um with me with music you know i will say this i was when i was a young artist right 16 and i started where it was very political and I was talking about crazy shit that in retrospect, I probably didn't know enough about, but I knew enough about to just talk shit about it and and get deep and, and angry. And I had so much aggression and stuff. And that was Cronus, right? That was me as Cronus. That lived for about two years. And then I did a song called The Death of Cronus. And I literally killed myself off in the song. And I talked about dying, going to hell getting offered like some deal by the devil basically and and still not taking it right <laughs> so that's cool so that was the death of cronus and then from there on you know it really changed to where my whole everything was changing in life and my whole perspective and 
You know, I started getting real woke real fast when I was like 18, 19. Before, you know, I, I want to say before everybody doing all this woke shit, I was fucking woke, bro. Legit. I knew at 19, I was like, this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. I could fucking die at any point. This is what I'm going to fucking do. Right? I made the commitment of art 100%. Yeah, dude. I get that. Once you commit yourself to art, like you just got to roll with it. Um, And it just becomes a life. Your whole life is just an art piece, bro. Your whole life story is an art piece. You know what I mean? So once you're an artist, you're an artist for life, dude. You can never change that. You know, even if you stop making art, you're still an artist. So I, I get I get that deep feeling. I mean, let alone, bro, like just these universal coincidences. I mean, whether you want to believe it or not, even myself, I don't truly believe everything's a universal coincidence. But how I met you was definitely a coincidence. My ass was just chilling one day, pulled up to a casino with a homegirl who was a model too. Next thing you know, you're walking past me with your boy Tyler. And I was like, who the fuck are you guys? And I just was told. Yeah, when you're doing the Latin funk vibe off of that. um, That was a good good album. And that was actually the first song that Lorenzo showed me in the studio. He's like, yo, you want to hear other artists that record here? He showed me your song, and I met you that weekend. And that's right. when we were with. That's um, why you came up to me, and you had recognized me. Somehow. Yeah, I was like, "Hey, bro! Like, I heard your song, and we ended up going VIP to go see MGK, yep. Lil John, yep. uh, Stitches was there. We took his tickets, yep. or I took his tickets. And speaking I invited of the UFC thing, Amanda Nunes was there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fighter. Was she? Yeah. I would have never. And Machine Gun Kelly uh, played. Uh. uh Machine Gun Kelly played that night too. It was an overall wild night, and I saw Rashad Evans there on the yeah. UFC fight. Um, yeah, that was a crazy night that, that we met. And then we started really just making music. Yeah, you know? that shit was beautiful. And not only that, bro, going back to your alter ego, Kronos. Like I told you this before, bro. Like that was my uh, that was my line jacket name for my fraternity. I was Kronos. Oh really? And that's why I was like, bro, what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Our life was literally connected in the weirdest way, dude. Yeah, well, you know, um, that's the thing that pulls me back in always is the fact that, like you said, um, we're all living for something that really, in retrospect, is bigger than ourselves. And I feel that way with the music, even though it can be very selfish of uh, I'm making music for me and this is what I rap about and Michael Hornets, man, my Jesus, yeah, yeah. This, is, this is me, right? The pride. Uh, something about music and trying to have a voice specifically to reach people and make people feel a certain way and make people think a certain way. And, you know, that's something special. I feel like that is a, that is a higher calling. What was your, your main message that you always thought about with, with, uh, with how you're using your voice? Well, overall, you know, I'd like it to be for good. And um, maybe I haven't done the best best of that because I feel as most of what my music I've made has really, if you want to look at it, if somebody looks at it from the outside, if I could look at it from the outside and I was really listening to the words and the songs and stuff, I would say this is about mental health. <laughs> I would say this kid's got some fucking demons, right? Because there's songs that go into darker topics, 
you know, you've known my songs, you've called me the Reaper and this and that, right? Oh, yeah, I did call you that on one song. Um, There's the Reaper. <laughs> yeah, that you, was always you my You just always in. called me the Reaper. Because we had that was... shit tattooed on yeah, you, bro. Yeah. So that was my only way of recognizing, hey, just the Reaper. the vibe, too, though. You know, I think in, in the music, with the music, I've always tried to say, God knows what I've, I would have tried to say, who I am, you know, I guess, who I am, what I think. Um, and, and also letting go of the dark thoughts that I have. And uh, a lot of that deals with death. So I think a lot of what I talk about is, is life and death. That's my main message in my music, or at least what I'm trying to convey. Um, Mm -hmm. when I first started, it was a, a lot of aggressive nature. It was more trying to say something about politics and, and our people and being oppressed and this and that. But at a certain point, I just felt like I was only angering myself. Um, and so I changed direction. And that's not what I was living, right? My life was a lot more chill than that. Yeah. I was actually living a good life. And uh, I was enjoying it. And so then more of the chill, vibey nature started coming into play. And that's where I really started to freestyle and just wanted to have fun and incorporate funness to the music, but also still like be lyrical about it. And so now it's, you know, now it's a tough spot because it's, I'm happy again. <laughs> and so I'm happy again. And now it's a lot harder to find what I am so used to writing about. Right. What what comes so easy for me to just fucking put on pen and paper. Right. And, and make a beat to, you know. Um, it's kind of funny because you continued that and I ended up going more in the freestyle wave where, what was it, uh, Digital Galaxy, that whole album was where I started freestyling. And that was like, first it all started out like a little mumble. And then it just ended up with full-fledged songs and me saying some real shit where I had to sit back and be like, damn, I'm actually saying this shit? And just sit back and be like, well, it doesn't matter because it's my alter ego, but I can understand where subconsciously some things would come from. So not only that, like I got really used to um, people would say certain words and certain things. And I was just focusing on like trendy words because I was coming out of an advertising company at the time. So I was focusing on trendy words. So every time people would talk, I would catch on to the exact words that they would say often. And these were the things that when I freestyled, that's how I got used to it. I got used to like, all right, everybody's into this thing and into this thing, into this thing, into this thing. And that's literally how I started picking up when it came to crazy. Um, But yo, I wanted to bring back like down to like when I had like pop songs, um, like cigarettes after I broke up um, with this girl. Well, you've always, you've always really had your foot into the pop. Well, when I, when I introduced, yeah, when I introduced myself, it was more like this pop rap and it kind of went into more like a trap pop, trap rock thing. And it was cool. I just kind of like the balance myself out with different sounds. (laughs) But you were also very early into it, you know, and it's music, you're just finding out who you are, you know, and figuring out sound. I mean, still to this day, I'm trying to figure out sounds. Now I'm I'm reworking everything. I'm sure, you know. You when you start making music again, you're gonna, you know, rework the sound. You're gonna have a whole new sound, I imagine. Yeah, I was gonna say. Remember that one house party where we? I, yes, I got, where we performed. Yeah, the, uh, dude, that shit was whack though. It was all yeah. white people trash on stupid shit. They wanted to fight me, so my boy literally went into the crowd and literally sized up everybody. And the kid that tried to swing on me, which he missed, uh, stupid Asian kid, 
he swings at well, me. Well, you can't he misses. say that now, bro, because people are gonna fucking take it as a uh, as a fuck against people, Asian bro. hate thing. No, and, fuck and the people. That's bro. not what we do. Yeah, here, yeah right? just because we're talking about certain situations. It just happened mean to be this Asian dude yeah, who walked yeah. up and fucking took the mic from from S. Luna and completely disrespected him in the show. Yeah, but anyways, he tried to swing. Things, things got a little little heavy, but nothing happened. And then fucking Sylvester goes out to the crowd, built ass black man. <laughs> and motherfucker just goes straight at him. A man just runs away, and you just see all the crowd of white people like, oh my God, we're sorry. We're sorry. He's like, I, I bet you weren't. And I had to perform <laughs> after all that. Fuck I you had think to perform you're after about. you guys. And remember, I had all the fucking old moms dancing on when I played Latin funk. Yeah, but you got that shit right, dude. That shit because, because at that point, bro, the whole show just felt nasty and everybody's vibe went off. Yeah. So then you decided like, yo, I'm just going to do straight hip hop. No pop rap, no fucking trap music, just straight hip hop. And I saved the show and we all dipped and I went out with fucking money in my pocket. I said, yo, fuck y'all. I'm never coming back. Never went back. Parkland, Florida. A, that was an interesting one. Um, I mean, overall, if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for that little altercation of some guy, you know, probably feeling some sort of way because the shine wasn't on him and his frat boys or whatever. Um, if it wasn't for that particular altercation, overall it would have been a fantastic night, a fantastic show to play at some fucking mansion ass house with a stage in it on it and then just like a bunch of fucking college kids out there and and MILFs and all that. You know what I mean? Like it overall it was a pretty fucking tight night. Other than that, um, you know, I definitely got me some that night. I know that. Yeah, uh, yeah, bro. I mean, fuck. When we used to perform at Funky Buddha, yeah, before that a, went it's down, it's a shame, dude. man. That's shame, dude. Yeah. It's a shame that place went down so quick. And then, I mean, first of all, we years. was in, the, bro. We always had pussy there, bro. Like <laughs> it was like you could have a bad performance. Like we would have been way too fucked up before we even walked on stage and freestyled and jam. But man, bro, like. You know how many times I fucked in the backseat of my car behind the parking lot, bro? Just pull up a white girl or something. Oh, I remember, bro, crazy. because you did that outside the apartment where, where I was living oh, in, yeah, two, in 2016 or whatever the yeah. fuck. Unbelievable. You that fucking was... savage. You absolute animal. <laughs> fuck somebody's mom in front of I your mean, fucking look, apartment. <laughs> look, for the, young, for the young artists out there, for the young artists out there, um... Keep doing what you're doing because you guys are going to have great experiences, let me tell you. You know, these local shows, these this and that. And what we're talking about here is, I mean, we went to the Buddha. We had we had actual legit shows that we would put on. But, you know, we actually went there to look that look at that as our gym, right? Yeah. Look at that as our fucking training where we would go there. We would meet with other musicians. You would mingle with other musicians. You would jump on stage with various different artists and musicians and, and people that play different instruments every week. You know, sometimes you get some more fucking violin if you wanted. You know, other times you get somebody with a fucking flute. It didn't matter. You know, you're just meeting all these crazy musicians and you're, and you're, yeah, you're fucking vibing and you're, you know, really, it's like a frequency thing. To just all jam and be in the same frequency was a very special thing. And that's why there wasn't a dry set of panties in that house, right? There wasn't a fucking dry set of panties when we were out there performing because it is what it is. It's a vibe. As long as you're having a good time, and that's what people want to come out there to see. When people want to come out there and watch live shows, you know, they want to see that. Um, they want to see real artistry, and that's what we were doing. We were, th- you know, look at it as taking the stone to your katana. All right, oh. taking the stone to the katana, a little bit of water. That water be that pussy if you if you need it, huh? You know, 
yeah. and you shape that sword, right? You show, you stroke that ego. Um, you, you go out there, you have a good night doing those performances. And those are very pivotal. And I want to say this also, me and Luna did, we would meet up there, out there and this and that. But let's say, I, I want to say maybe 40% of the time, it was either me going alone or him going out there alone. You got to push yourself. All right. To those listening, young artists that are, you know, probably tuning in to, yeah, just get the artist point of view. Right. That's why I want to have these podcasts. And so people can kind of tune in and, you know, cause I remember, I remember what it was like at, the, at that age, 20 years old, you know, going to a, going to a place like funky Buddha to freestyle. Um, it can be intimidating, but when you do it, when you push yourself to do it, you're only going to get better. Um, you're only going to meet people that are going to become your peers and who are going to drive you and give you more meaning into what you're doing. You know, like you said, when you started making music and, and uh, meeting Lorenzo and the things you were recording and who you were hanging out, it meant something to you, right? That, that brought you the meaning yeah. um, when you were doing the music. And so that's very, very crucial. But people, you got to, you got to fucking push yourself. When you do this shit, yeah, um, yeah, dude, that's good reminiscing on that shit, bro. Since this is almost like pandemic's almost over, so this is a good time to just kind of like, all right, I'll close the book on that, you know, because I'm ready. Like I said, like I'm ready to start some new shit, bro. Get yeah. on some new waves, meet some new people, and just get a new mentality in my life. Because trust me, this is, especially living in Boca. No offense to you, because I know in Boca Raton, living in Boca was shitty as fuck. And it didn't really, it re- didn't really give me the vibe that I was. That's the for. second guest saying shit like that. Well, listen, dude, you know it's like you've been somewhere for so long for an X amount of years, and you get over it. You've done what you needed to do, and 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 you know, especially for somebody like you who does like to live in other places, travel. You've always been traveling yeah. around. Yeah, that's very true, bro. I've been, you know, well, it's, I've been in so I many get cities, it. man. I performed in Atlanta. I performed in New York. I performed down here. Um, I hosted somewhere across the nation. I mean, I've done several things, but I've never truly had like an all paid for sponsored tour. That's something that I've always been looking for. But currently, like the way that I have my shit set up is just that I'm doing my own thing. And quite frankly, it's like I know people just listen through me through other means, which cannot be explained on this podcast. But for people who know Sam Luna, they know what I'm talking about. So it's just one of those things, bro. I was like, yeah, what, what other so, so what other avenue can I take this conversation? So at? bank teller, all that shit's gone now, bro. It's gone, bro. It's gone. That was a good song. We <laughs> recorded that in Coconut Creek. Remember that shit when I was living down in Pompano? Yeah, yeah. That was perfect. Apartment. Yo, that apartment was sick, bro. Like, yo, we had that shit set up the studio and the in the side. And um, mm-hmm. man, bro, we recorded that song. I think we recorded another one that was really bad. Um, but Mike SB was on that track of Bank yeah, Teller. Yeah. That shit was great. But yo, know, the one that I loved with you was Replay. Replay was definitely the the vibe. Yeah, that was crazy. That was definitely the vibe. Yo, just yeah, to you get guys, you on you a guys freaking did love that one. No, you used to be annoying, man. Just to get you on a verse, you're like, no, I'm too good for you. I'm like, what? Get the fuck out. You was on that boy. I'm some real shit. You're like, I'm not gonna jump on a song until you get on a song with me. And I say, All right, fine. Here's a replay. And and you killed that verse, boy. You killed that verse, bro. Yeah, yeah. You guys really do. I I still feel like my verse could have been better, but know, you but you it. guys did did all really fuck with that verse, and that was always a fun one to perform with yeah. you guys. That one, just for the record, that Yo, was, you guys did. You guys would what? go fucking hard, bro. Yeah, 
that's one show I'd love to see. I'd like to see you, Kid Creepy, and Sylvester out performing some dude performing that hard shit, dog. The freaking Fifty Shades. Oh and, uh, my god, Kanye Sun. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah, bro. Every time we perform you those guys songs, bro, brought an energy to that that was immense. Yeah, yeah. I definitely enjoy those songs. Those songs, for some whatever reason, bro, the timing that we recorded it, and then just the energy we always get from the crowds when we perform it. Like we performed that shit several times, boy. Miami. So, so what's it gonna take, man? Lakeburg. What's it gonna take to get S. Luna back out into the market, into the consumer? You ain't hands? gonna get me unless you pay me. And that's well, you get paid, that. you know, at fucking Spotify. Once, and Apple Music. Once and I get and the money that I need to make an album, I'll make an album. If I don't get it, what about your old music? Let's say you know, like this music with that you have with me, this music that you have with Sylvester and Crippy. Oh, bro, that's all in the vault. Let Are that, we gonna see it out? We're gonna see it out. But for the record, you ain't gonna see me until you see another record, and you ain't gonna see that record until you truly see me. If that makes sense. What about how you see yourself? I already know who I am. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm thinking I'm thinking the world needs a little bit of S Luna. We'll see. I think the world needs a little bit of crazy. You know. Um at the end of the day, man, it's good to just have the music out there. You know. Or if you hold on to it, don't hold on to it for too long. No, no, no. We're gonna you come know, up with something. For new, something man. to get lost in the vault that's, you know. I got songs that are right now just tucked away in a vault, and and for the life of me, I don't understand why I don't, I don't just put them out. And so, um, I'm currently dealing with that. But I think I'm gonna put it out because I, a I need to drop something this fucking year, mm-hmm. and B it's it's time, dude. It's in there. It's not gonna get. It's not like anyone's gonna mix it and make it any better. It's that's it. It is what it is. It's fucking fire. I'm referring to Demons. I never dropped the album Demons. You, I know you've heard the album Demons, right? Right. Um, and the various songs in that and just the nature of it. That's got to go out. Right. I got to get, maybe I can, once I put that out, I can kind of move past it and fucking worry about whatever else is next in terms of music, you know, which I kind of, once we're done with this podcast, I'm going to show you some of these beats I've been making because they're all over the fucking place. Some of it's housey and EDM-y. Some of it's fucking kind of got this Latin bongo feel. High BPM. Get your fucking dancing, right? Yeah. right? Yeah, bro. I'm definitely getting more in the spirit of who I used to be. Uh, and now in the aspect of going backwards again, like I did in my past five albums. But in reality, it's, it's just finding my own happiness, being comfortable, and... Um, quite frankly, just ignoring the fact that I was ever a rapper and just enjoying the fact that I'm Sam Luna, a real person, just breathing, having fun, not sick, and um, and just doing regular things like regular people, bro. That's really always been my thing anyways. I've always done regular things like regular people. But at the end of the day, that's where I'm going to be at. And when the next resurgence comes, whenever that comes, when the next rebirth comes, when the next stories come out, that's when I'll speak. And that's when you'll start seeing everything come back. Until then, that's all in the ashes, bro. I feel that, man. I feel that. And I, similar to you, I, I got those feelings too, you know? 
in terms of rap and not, if, I don't know if that's who I want to be or whatever, if that's what, what I want to do, you know, I'm going to make different shit. Um, not necessarily rap. It's just all a journey, man. It's constant, constant change, constant um, reshaping of the mind. You don't have to fucking burn it. Not necessarily. You can't. Trust me, I get it. You know, have you ever have you ever beaten the shit out of a car with a fucking bat or something? Yeah, dude. You like go a to truck, fucking, like a demolition place. What's those places called, man? The uh, junkyards. Yes, or whatever? you go. Yeah, you yeah. go to a junkyard and beat the fucking dude. That is the best feeling. One of the most tremendous feelings in the world. Yeah. Because nobody even needs those fucking, like the windows, nobody needs those. Everybody goes there to get speakers and some other shit. But So I I definitely get that. Um, But when you think about it, you know, we're constantly changing. Our mind's constantly growing, changing, thinking. Um, It's good to reshape things. You know, it's good to reorganize. Take a step back, look, like you said, look at the past, reminisce. not just be all so caught up in the present or in the future also, you know, reminisce as to why you do things, what you do things for, um, what has shaped you, you know, that sort of shit. But hey, man, I think we've had a good fucking talk. I really appreciate you hopping on the podcast. Of course, bro. I'm Long-term gonna, friends, bro. You know what I'm saying? You know, we're, we're going to work on something. I know it. Um, music's just in us. But, uh, dude, feel free to come back at any point. I'll invite you for a part two. I feel like there's a lot more we can kind of get into. Maybe conspiracy type stuff. I know know that would be like, yeah, that'd be a more of a, you know, fun podcast. I wanted to let the people know who you are, you know, what you've been up to, you know, kind of the battles that you've been going through and and how you've kind of risen, dude. It's good. It's good to see you. I'm glad, I'm glad you're, you're feeling good. Um, yeah, bro. Welcome to the risk report. <laughs> How'd you enjoy it? Enjoyed it, bro. And I'm 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 happy you got this new outlet here, bro. And just let the people know, bro, that not only am I listening, but a lot of people are listening. And this man right here, bro, inspirational to me for many reasons. Um, and he's only got really good intentions to what he does and the art that he puts out there. So respects to my Puerto Rican fellow here, Roman the Stoke. Because I even knew him before he changed his name to Roman the Stoic. <laughs> yeah. This is S. Luna, Venezuelan baby, world child. Where where can yeah. people find you at? Uh, the, the elusive, the elusive S. Luna. You can see my blue eyes and birthmark on the left side of my neck anywhere in South Florida, <laughs> or I'll be traveling around. There's no South world's Florida. most hated. Oh, I mean, Insta? Uh, the world's most hated is an Instagram, but don't follow me. I don't need your follow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if you got any posts or anything. I got nothing. It's all dirty. unbelievable. You've done this a couple times, though. I always do. Reinvention. Reinvention. A lot of reinvention. A lot of uh, monikers. And it comes back full circle. <laughs> all right, brother. Let's, uh, let's end this. Let's fucking listen to some beats. Or make some. Fuck it. All right, everybody. Peace.
Stay. 